Let's begin our discussion this year, Parshas Noach, Tavshinai and Gimel, as we continue with uh, Sefer Bracious. Just a scheduling note, next week the Shia will be earlier, either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not sure exactly which night, because I'm flying Wednesday night, but that's have a week from the Shabbos. Any of our listeners in Teaneck hope to uh, give us some Shia room over Shabbos there, so uh, hopefully Be'er Hashem will uh, be able to learn together in person. But So next week it will either be Monday or Tuesday night. I will, uh, I'll send out the email about uh, when, when it will be. Okay, Parshas Noach. Parshas Noach. Noach, as we say every year, is could could be the most enigmatic figure that we have in the entire Torah. Usually, we know somebody's a good guy or a bad guy. You have somebody who is a positive, somebody's negative, and Noach is somewhat unusual. Every, almost every phrase in the parsha that discusses Noach's personality, there's a machlokas about, and the midrashim are uh, wonder and argue and discuss what exactly was his personality. And it starts off right at the beginning of the parsha. Noach is tzaddik, tamim ayah So we know the first Rashi, bidarosav, yesh raboseinu darshim osol l'shvach. Some say that this is, should be darshin for praise. Kol shekein, she'ilu hayah bedar tzaddikim ayah tzaddik yoser. If he would be in the dar tzaddikim, he would have been more righteous. And others say, yesh raboseinu darshim osol l'gnai, l'fidoro hayah tzaddik, he would have been with Abraham. He wouldn't have been anything. Just so happened, he happened to be in a door with nobody else. So of course he was he was uh, viewed he was viewed as great. And the question that many Mefarshim ask is, what was negative? Why would anyone darshin lignai if you had a choice? Sadik tamim He was an amazing person. Nobody else in the Torah gets such an introduction. Tzadik Tamim. Okay, they pick up with the last word. Bidarosa. What about the Tzadik Tamim? So it's somewhat difficult. So if you have it, source number one I gave you from Rabbi Steinsaltz, he discusses this. Imnitam Lidrososol Shvach, line three. Maro Raboseinu. Umaro Rashi, Lidrososol Gnai. What is it? And he says, if you think about Noah from the end of last week's parsha, where Noah was born, and the end of this week's parsha, when Noah leaves the scene, what was the mood that we felt? What was the mood of the Torah when Noah was born and when Noah left the scene? Last week's parsha at the end, Noah was born. Noah was named This Noah, he's going to bring tremendous bracha. This Noah is going to be unbelievable. Noah mofia b'sof parshas brachas b'torah tikvag shel holam. There's great hope in the world. Yesh olam shalem shal poshim ganavim. The whole world is ganavim. Ubetoch olam There's kayans out there. And there's one man. V'noach matzachim b'nei Hashem. Noach starts off the end of last week's parasha on top of the world. There's a lot of hope. Zeyinachameinu. Yesh chad yelet shanoladim tikva gadola. And yet, the beginning of this week's parasha already is ganai. And the end of the parasha, what do we have? Yes, Ethan. Obviously, the whole story of the Mabel and goes through the Mabel, but doesn't leave as we'll get to a little bit later in terms of the the story with the with the wine. So, what exactly is the message? What's the take home message for us from Noah's life? Line fifteen. Let's go to, or even let's start with line eleven, and then we'll go. But my battery shown We know it's not. A total negative of Noah. After all, it says Sadik Tamim, but there's something deeper, and there's somehow he's supposed to be contrasted to Avraham. In what way? This is where Rabbi Steinzel steps in. In Nisbonein Yoser Nira, 
If we think about it, there's someone else in the Torah who we could parallel Noah to. Someone who has similarities. Yes, we're going to contrast him with Avraham in a minute. But there are similarities between Noah and someone else. And we don't have to look so far to find that other person. Noach with the wine and becoming unclothed. Who do we think of? What happens to Noah? He gets in trouble with wine. His children do things that are inappropriate after he gets drunk. The entire world around him is destroyed and he feels he's the only one left. Who are we talking about? Are we talking about Noah? Or are we talking about Lot? Both the same thing happened. Unbelievable. Not too far away from each other. He started off also with a lot of potential. Right? Growing up in his uncle's house. Growing up, it's imagine. Unbelievable. And he might have been, might have been uh, positive when he was younger until he made fateful decisions that took him elsewhere. So he came. If we look at Noach and we look at Lod very closely in their lives, did they do something so wrong? Okay, he went to live in stone. Okay, he, he, he planted a vineyard. But they both were caught in situations that were not the greatest of situations. But if we continue, the parallel is deeper. As we mentioned, by both of them, the children acted, the daughters of Lot, they both fell prey to wine. They both got drunk. We have to ask, the question isn't, why did they do what they did when they were drunk? But the question we need to ask is, what's the parallel? Why did they both get drunk in the first place? Because that was in their control. Why did they turn to wine? Why did they turn to Shichrus? Both Lot and Noah. Right at the beginning of the Torah. And, I might just add parenthetically, there are some opinions that the Eitz Hadas was Anavim. Machlokas, Mesechus, Brachas, and elsewhere. That would be a couple of parshas in a row where grapes and wine to play a role, but that's only a medrash. They were both the sole survivors of the previous world in which they lived. Lot in stone and Noach in the entire world. In a moment, the whole world was wiped out in front of their eyes. One with fire and one with water. All of a sudden it wasn't there. They were left. Why then did they turn to wine? Says Rabbi Steinsatz, when we feel alone, when they felt alone, when they felt they were the only one, they couldn't deal with it. They said, it's finished, it's gone, I can't. I need to drink. I need to drink, there's nothing else, I can't deal with it. They couldn't live with the aloneness. I'm alone. He says, forget it. 
I'm leading to drink, and that led to problems with their children, v'chulu. That's noch and that's lot. Now contrast that. Avram Avinu, he chose to be alone. He was involved in an entire world. And with his Bechira, he says, I need to go over to the other side. Avraham Ha'ivri. Kala Ola Mitzarechad Vehume Ever Hasheni Avraham Ha'ivri. They couldn't deal with being alone. Avraham chose to be alone. Top of the next column. Avraham wrote Zalaz So Shinui Ba'olam. Avraham wants to have an effect on the world. Avraham Barakashu Yosef Beis Aviv. When he goes out of his father's house, he has to, he has to be alone. Bodeid, liot ba'mamad shabo. He has to, Avram Avery, he quotes the Chazal that was just mentioned. Kol olam e'ver echad, v'hum e'ver ha'echad. Hanachonut shal Avram l'kabel t'abedidut. He accepted being alone. Unlike Lot and Noah, who even once they were alone and they were saved, they couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal with it. Continues a couple lines later. A real tzaddik, like Avram Avinu, even if there are others around him, he's still alone, even though he's surrounded because he has a certain belief system. He has a certain hierarchy of values that, that he lives up to. And even if he's surrounded by others, a tzaddik, a Jew, chooses to be alone. Right? Am levadad yishkon. We choose that. And it's difficult. Because the world doesn't like people who choose to be alone. Line 16. Somebody who chooses to raise themselves up, people don't like that. What are you trying to do? And he, it breeds uh, resentment, but this is what this is what a tzaddik has to deal with. This is, we'll get to the second half of his thought in a minute, but this is the contrast between Noah and Lot versus Abraham. But some of you who might have read this might be thinking that the one who who ex- publicized and wrote tremendously, both quantitatively and qualitatively, about this idea was Rav Salvechik in his. Most famously in his uh, article, The Lonely Man of Faith. In Zorah number 2, I just gave you the beginning of it. Says the Rav, The nature of the dilemma can be stated in a three-word sentence. I am lonely. Let me emphasize, however, that by stating I am lonely, I do not intend to convey to you the impression that I am alone. Being lonely and being alone are two different things. Right? A person could be with a lot of people, but they're still they're still alone. I, thank God, do enjoy the love and friendship of many. And he writes very personally. I meet people, talk, preach, argue, reason, surrounded by comrades and acquaintances. And yet, companionship and friendship do not alleviate the passional experience of loneliness, which trails me constantly. He felt, you know, he was this European rub on American soil, connected to his grandfather, Abchaim's Torah, the lonely man of faith. Which he says we all have to be in a certain sense. But he, self-biographically, autobiographically, wrote about it. I am lonely because at times I feel rejected and thrusted away by everybody, not excluding my most intimate friends. What did David and Malach say? David and Malach was always surrounded by people. 
And what did he say? He say in, in Vodavid, every Elul. Continuing, he says, that, again, it's the whole, the whole Ma'amar is about, about this idea. I just gave you the beginning of it. He says, on the one hand, being alone is painful and frustrating because he feels this deep connection to HaKadosh Baruch when he can't share it in the same way. But on the other hand, I also feel invigorated because this very experience of loneliness presses everything in me into the service of God. In my desolate, howling solitude, I experience a growing awareness, <coughs> the hulu, the service to which I, a lonely and solitary individual, am committed, is wanted and gracefully accepted by God. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us not to be lonely, but sometimes to be alone. It's exactly what Avram Avinu chose to be. He was surrounded, but even before he left his father's house, he was alone. That's the godless, and that's what's demanded of a Jew. Sometimes we could be in a whole group. It could be a chevra. It could be whatever stage of life we're at, and sometimes we have to choose. And sometimes it's not lonely because there will always be a new group, but sometimes we have to choose to stand up strong and be alone. Number one. Number two, in the second half of the piece from um, Rabbi Stein's Austin, source number four, he says, ironically, what caused Noah to be so alone? What caused? We've spoken about this in past years. What caused Noah to be alone? Really, it was his own doing. Because he was unsuccessful in getting anybody else on the table with him besides his family. He spent 120 years giving a Musr schmooze. And not one person was convinced. Spoke about that in the past. Rabbi Steinzel says, so if we continue the contrast between Noach and Abraham, Ma'osa line 7 now, Ma'osa tzadik olam, what does a person do when he's alone, when he's left? There are two reactions that a person can have. Kisha Noach bonet atzmo teva. When Noach builds a teva, God commanded him to build a teva. But when he built a teva for his family, who bocher b'derech ma'un misuyem eshel is a certain reaction. He was building a teva to prevent destruction, to save himself. That's why he's building the teva. What he says later on, giving a beautiful mashal, when it's cold outside, there are two ways to warm up. You could either put on a coat or you can light a fire. And both of them will warm me. The difference isn't for me. The difference is for those others outside me. Do I affect others? A coat's not going to affect anybody else around me. But if I care not only about myself, but about others around me as well, I want to warm them up, I don't want them to be cold, then I'll light the fire. And I won't just put on a coat. That's what he says in the next, um, the next column. Yodua ha'imra in the middle line seven. Noach is the first example of what's called the tzaddik who's all alone, who goes into his ivory tower, who's not really focused on others. What does that mean? What do you do when it's cold? Number one is you can light an oven, light a fire, make a warm in the whole house, the whole area. Put on a coat. It's the same result regarding the person himself. 
Beishani madlikas a tanur, Beishani lovaches a parva, Yeshli maspichom, I'm warm. Vaniachol am shich litafkeit. I can handle it. Hahevdel hu rak magabe atheirim. The difference is others. Am I interested in others? Noah ultimately chose his own destiny, and that led to him drinking, as we said in part one. Avram Avinu, by stove, he didn't stop. Bargaining, no, there's no bargaining by Noah. There's no bargaining by Noah. This is Noah and this is Avram. Again, we could have 20 thoughts that talk about the godless of Noah and 20 thoughts about the not such godless of Noah. We're not taking, we're just uh, quoting different uh, different ideas. But again, Noah is someone that we can learn a lot from in all the different ideas that are suggested about him. So that's the two thoughts, two-part thought in the contrast between Noah and, Av- and Noah and Lot versus Abraham. Number one, what's the reaction of being alone? And do you choose to be alone? And number two, what do we do in terms of affecting affecting others? Okay, we continue. We have in the first Aliyah, in this very colorful parsha. We have the dimensions of the Teva given. The exact dimensions of the Teva. Hashem commands Noach, Kate's called Basar Bolafanai, Kimalarat's Hamas Mipneim, I'm going to destroy the world. You might have said, some say, well, what if Hashem didn't give Noach a choice? Right? Hashem tells Abraham, you know what? I'm going to destroy Stone. So there's more hints. Some of Farshim talk about it. There are more hints in the Torah that Hashem was like kind of. Letting Avraham bargain. But here, Hashem comes to Noach and says, Noach, I'm destroying the world. This is what you got to do for me. So, okay. Go fair, Kinin, Tazazateva, make the Teva, and this is what you should align it with. Shoshmeos Amos, Ama, Orechateva, 300 Amos. 300 Amos length. Chamishim Ama, Rachba, 50 Amos wide. Shoshim Ama, Kamasa, exact dimensions of the Teva. Tzoratasa put up a window or a light. Okay, make three levels. The exact dimensions. Says the Ramban. I have touched on this Ramban in the past. Says the Ramban in source number five. Yadua, it is known. Ki hachayos rabos ma'od. There are many animals in the world. Umehen gedolos ma'od, kepilim, ukareimim vizulasam. And there are elephants and rhinoceroses and hippos, there are some large animals. Manatees, I don't know, they, they, those were water animals, but uh, I don't know if they were, it right, didn't affect the fish. But they were, they were pretty giraffes, every picture of North Seba, you have to have an elephant and a giraffe. The other animals, you could switch around. But there's got to be a giraffe and there's got to be an elephant. Right, and that's the question of, was the, elef- was the giraffe's head outside the cover? Because like, well, you yeah, have the cover on top of the giraffe's head. Okay, question. But anyway, Many large animals, says the Ramban. And there's an infinite number of insects. We can't imagine the, the, the thousands, if not more, of species of birds that had to be on the Teva. There are 120 types of non-kosher birds in the Mizrach, and they're, called, they're all types of ayas. Ayas is a type of, of a non-kosher bird. Every animal you got to bring from. Every animal. Either two or seven. And he had to bring food for every animal. Imagine just bringing food for an elephant for a year. 
How much food that is? Or for a hippopotamus? Or for a lion? How much food that is? So it boggles the mind. You can't even fathom. We can't fathom. There's no zoo in the world that has every animal. Right? And Noah needed every single type of animal and the cold animals and the hot animals and the food for them for an entire year. We know the exact dimensions of the table. It's no way. It's no way it fit. It's impossible. No way. That's a great line of the Ramban. And not ten tables wouldn't fit it. Give me ten tables, it still won't be enough. It has to be a miracle. It's obviously a nace. A nace. Okay, it was this table, we know the exact dimensions. But says the Ramban, that just begs the question. If it was going to be a nace anyway, then nothing was going to be able to fit. Because we know the dimensions, and you need 4,000 tables like this to even come close. V'yim tomar ya'asena ketana so why don't you just build a teva that was five by five? Build a tiny teva. Why do you even have to build a big one, 300 by 50 by... Right? You don't have to build... Just build a small one. Says the Rambanna. Ra'a Hashem Yisbarach La'asosam Gedola Kedeshayiru Osab Doro V'yismahuba The reason it was big, it wasn't going to fit. But it was big enough to be noticed. It was big enough to be noticed by the generation. People would walk by for a hundred years. He was building the Asaparolah. They would talk about it, and there'd be newspaper articles about it. The Adabru be'inyana mabul the kinos flatocha. And all, when the animals started, imagine the parade of the animals that started walking to the teva. Pretty amazing. Ulai yaasu tshuva. I'm going to make it big so people realize it. Give him, give him more of a chance. Va'od, that's number one. Va'od, says the Ramban. Asuotagadola lema'it benes. Number two, I'm going to make it very big in order to minimize the nes. Why? Kichina derech b'chol hanisim This is the derech that's come up in other parshios. HaKadosh Baruch Hu always tries to minimize the Nisim. To cover up the Nisim. You do what you can do, and then I'll do the rest. Basparo, Basya stretches out her arm to get Moshe. It wasn't long enough, but she stretched out her arm. Right? Stretched her arm, Hashem did the rest. Made the arm elongate. Right? No, build a big one. Not, not even close, but build a big one. So people will see. They won't think so much about the, all the animals, how they fitting. The altis patel omar. Don't say amos ba'amos ish noach Don't think that three hundred amos means in like noach amos, and noach was like oh, and it was like a humongous teva. He says no. Says shim kino you gamanashim gadolim because if that's true, then noach was also big, and the rest of his family were also huge. They're gonna fit on the teva anyway. And the animals of that generation were, right, what about the dinosaurs? Were they around then? It depends on the answer that you give about how do you explain the dinosaurs in, uh, based on, uh, based on uh, different, different approaches. But either way, that's the Ramban. So the Ramban points out that it must have been a miracle in order for all the animals and the food to fit. Number one, 
Why did Hashem even do the nace in the first place? Number one, because to get people to do tshuva, give them a chance. And number two, in order to be mema'et the nace. So a thought that has come up in the past, but we'll say it here. And that is from Yvichesko Levinstein, Mashkiach of Panovich. Second answer of the Ramban. Hashem wants to limit the miracles, minimize the miracles. Why? Hashem's doing the miracle anyway. Why minimize it? Show the godless Avore. Show how awesome he is. Right? Show. Build a tiny teva. It'll be like one of those clown cars. Right? Build a tiny one and let all the animals go in. It'll be unbelievable. Like, what is... It'll be an amazing... Right? Gvoros Hashem. Right? So, so why is it... Why do you choose? Why is it a derech of Hashem to be mamaitanes? So, says Yerbechazka Levenstein, you saw Gado, many of the Bali Moser point out... What's the purpose of a miracle in life? What's the purpose? Hashgachas Hashem throughout history is a balance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing himself and then pulling back. It's the entire history of the world. As we say, Hashem peeks through the windows. That's Hashgacha. That's how Hashem created the world. The purpose of a nase is not just to show the godless of Hashem, but that we recognize Him. So we see His godless. But Hashem doesn't want to make us into Malachim, who don't have any more Bechira. No matter the miracle, throughout every miracle in the history of the world that we've had, and we quoted in other years, Rabbi Shvalevitz pointed this out, there's always a hiddenness. The Ramban himself points out, what does it say in Bishalach by Kriyas Yamsuf? A very strong wind came along and blew, and then Kriyas Yamsuf occurred. Why? To leave a, a point oh 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 one percent chance that people still have a chirachashis. Wow, what a strong tide today. Pretty amazing. Says if Levenstein, that's what happens here. If there was a, if the miracle was a tiny little teva, there wouldn't be any bechirachashis. Hashem doesn't want that. The purpose of life is to have to make decisions and to make the right decisions. It's not to be given the answer. And Akash Baruch Hu being a shining light. The Apopi Shagam, turning the page. And even though it was a miracle, but it was a smaller miracle. Enough that people still had Bechir That's the Ramban. Why does Hashem minimize it? Because He wants people to still live in the world. Why did Hashem do a miracle? Throughout history there have been so many. The fact that Am Yisrael is alive today after thousands of years of persecution. No greater miracle than that. And yet people don't realize it. Ilu hayakadosh baruch hu mitzavez noach levnoz teva katana. Hayakorom azanes. Everybody would have seen it. Achshav shenistavu lazos teva gadola. Achshav bederva teva bavadina maspika. Big teva, even though it's not totally logical, there's enough room for people to make a mistake. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. Same ideas said, he says, by the other teva in the Torah. There are two tevas in the Torah. There's a teva of Noah, 
and there's a Teva of Moshe, as we said. What is the Teva of Moshe? Says the Rav Chesko Levinstein in the next paragraph, Pirish Rashi, quoting Rashi from Shmos, you needed strong pitch on the outside of the teva. The inside of the teva, you lined it with something that smelled good. But the outside, you needed something strong, even though it stunk, because you have to protect him from the water. Think about it. A little basket, a little basket, with a little baby inside, on the Nile River. The Nile River was the thoroughfare of the time. That was the highway of the time. Big boats and people rowing and, and pushing and, and loading. And, and you got this little, little basket of a baby. Is it, is it natural? Is it logical? Does it make sense that this baby survived? It doesn't make any sense. It was a miracle, obviously. It was an ace. So what do you need the strong pitch on the outside for anyway? Again, to be mamait. All the Mitzri women that were around Basia, they weren't affected. You see this little baby that's, that's surviving. Says that's says that's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu does, <coughs> and if you think about it, it's every day of our lives. Meaning what? Bin Yisayin Zaline fourteen Anu Bano Mamish Midayom Kasher Yori Mon Min Hashemayim. If we would wake up every morning and go outside, and we would see our groceries outside our door, right? we didn't we didn't order anything. We didn't order, we didn't, no, we would just go every single morning. We would go outside, and you know what, on Erev Shabbos, there would be double. If we, if we were having guests that week, there'd be even more. Every day we'd go outside, and we'd see it perfectly packaged. Right, obviously. Nice nigla. And yet, that's what happens, Bismana also. It just doesn't look that way, because we go to work, and we bring them, get a paycheck, and it's the same thing. What's the difference between Amosi Lechem and Hashemayim and Amosi Lechem and Haaretz? It's both HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Before we before make a weed chala, Hamotzi Lechem. He's the Motzi. If everybody saw the man, Motem Kulam Bohemim Chizeu Nesu Mofis Lashkach Hazabor Yisbarach. Lu'ubazos, Kasher Hashem Motzi Lechem and Haaretz. But when Hashem takes out Lechem, the farmer says, It's me. I planted the seeds and it grew and I did all the malachas. That's the Ikir Avodas Ha'adam, says Rabbi Chesko Levenstein, to see, try to find the miracles and the Yad Hashem throughout our lives, and that's why the table was big. To keep Bechira and yet to see Yad Hashem in all areas. Good. We continue. The following thought is. A back pocket Sheva Brachas Torah. I've met people over the years that have told me they've, they've kept re- separate papers, separate notes for like all the times so that we say that, oh, this is good for Sheva Brachas, this is good for a bris. So this is Sheva Brachas right here. Okay, there's a, a number of sources related, so usually by Sheva Brachas you can't speak so long, so you can take half of it. Whatever it is, but right here is a drusha, Lini Suin, but it's in the Yam Simcha, Rabbi Fried Sefer, as follows. Very creative. Says the Yam Simcha. There's a Rashi. We know the Rashi, Perak Zayin, Pasuk Beis. Hashem says to Noah, Boa, Tav, Chobes, Kalateva, come in, and Hashem commands Noah, Mikol HaBehima HaTorah, Tikach HaShiva Shiva. Every kosher animal, seven pairs. Min HaBehima HaShelo, Tahorah He, Shnei Mishvishto. From every non-kosher animal, <coughs> one pair. 
Good. Seven and one pair. To our animals and not to her animals. You know, I might, you, know, you can even preface this with the following question. We always wish the chassid and the kawa, oh, you should build a bias neman be Yisrael. Bias. Why do we use that lashon? A bias neman. Mishpacha ne'emenes. You know, they should build a wonderful uh, family of Torah. What do you focus on the bias for? The bias? What if they have an apartment? Right? What about the bias? What if they, what if they, what if they're, they, they're, I don't know, they live in a dorm? What's, what do you mean the bias neman? Why dafka the bias? Okay. So, we have the Pusik. Seven kosher and two non-kosher. Says Rashi. What do you mean kosher, not kosher? Noah wasn't even Jewish yet. Right? There was no Torah yet. Milamech, Shalama Noach, Torah. You see from here that Noach learned Torah. Because Hashem's telling him, kosher, not kosher. Obviously, Noach knew what he was talking about. Good. That's Rashi. Continuing. Says the Yam Simcha, but one minute. There's another Rashi later in the Parsha. Remember what Rashi says there? Line four, he quotes it. As the animals walked by the teva, if the animal was a kosher animal and was not misdabek be'eno minon and did not like inter, you know, be with other species, so the teva opened its doors, come on in. But if it was a type of animal that was not kosher and didn't act properly, the teva did not let them in. So ask the Yam Simcha, simple question. How do we know it was, it, why does Hashem call it kosher, non-kosher? Maybe it had nothing to do with Noach learning Torah. Maybe it was just that, whoever the Teva took seven of, so Noach knew those were the kosher animals. And whoever the Teva took two of, Noach knew that was the non-kosher animals. So what's the Raya that Noach learned Torah? What's the Raya? Says the Yam Simcha. The Yesh Lomar, Amad Isa Bebeis HaLevi Parsha. He quotes the Beis HaLevi, which we mentioned a number of years ago. But he uses this Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi wonders, what does it mean that the animals were mistavik with enominon? What, a dog had a taiva for a horse? And, uh, and, uh, and all the animals, and a, this fish and that fish, says as, as the Beis HaLevi. How is, it, how is it possible? What happened? So he says on line 12, quoting the Beis HaLevi, just like we are affected by what we do, the more we do something, the more we are drawn to do more of it. Just like our actions affect us, it also affects everything around us. First and foremost, the human beings around us. But even deeper, says the Beis HaLevi, it affects everything around us, the environment around us. Every mitzvah and every avir that we do affects the animals, the trees, the atmosphere. Or why, does it, why does the shul have Kedusha? Because of the Torah and the tefillah that take place in it, the walls themselves have Kedusha. Kamochim popa ma'isa even if one sins in private. All the creatures in that area are affected. That's how Kodesh Baruch Hu made the world. Kodesh Baruch Hu made the world that human beings have the power to determine and affect the world around them. 
And therefore, if there is a city of Rishus, then, then the, the walls and the environment and the animals, everything in that city is affected. So the Basin Lady said that's, that's what happened in the Mabal. They were so mushchas, they were so low that even the animals were affected. That's the Beis Alevi. Now steps the Simcha onto the stage. If it applies by Averos, it obviously applies by Kedusha and Mitzvahs as well. If we fill our lives with Mitzvahs, then not only are we affected by the Mitzvahs and want to do more, but Midah Tov is even greater than Midah Ra'ah. And he continues, see all the way on the right side now, he continues, like the Gemara talks about the animals of the great Tanoim, or Pilchas ben Yoyer, wouldn't eat Shumas and Maisrus. Why? Because they were affected by their owner. This is the exact opposite of the Teva. Ulafiza, on the right side, on the bottom right, he says, that's the Pshat, that's the answer to our question. What did we ask? Oh, how do we know Noach learned Torah? Maybe it was the Teva. Well, who gave the Teva Das? Who gave the Teva the knowledge of knowing what was kosher, what was not kosher? It must be that Noach learned. Noach's learning created and affected the atmosphere around him. At least the Teva that he was building, even though it didn't affect anybody else. But at least the Teva was affected, and that's how the Teva knew. Fine, it was the Teva. How did the Teva get it? Rak mishum Torah and that affected the Teva itself. And then why, he says, why did Noach himself bring every min? Because he was also with he was busy learning. Good. Line 52, on the, on the left side now. This is also the beer of the Gemara Mesechus Tainus. What does the Gemara say? The house of a person is going to testify for him in loss of love. My house. So is that just a metaphor? Is that not to be taken literally? The house? No. Because my actions affect the walls of my house. The walls gain Kedusha or Chas V'Shalom, the opposite. He doesn't add it, but I'll throw it in. The Gemara that says that every shul and yeshiva in the entire world is going to be uplifted and brought to Eretz Yisrael. He's most Mashiach. Why? Because those those walls that that's full of kedusha, it's full of kedusha and it's affected. And we continue on the next page. He says now line fifteen. Now we understand that the chassan and the kala should build a bias neman be Yisrael. What do you mean a bias neman? We're wishing them a life of kedusha, a life of mitzvos, a life that their house itself will testify and be made about what they did in life. It's literally the bias. That's the bracha. Now they're eating and drinking. They're about to start a new life together, a new life within these walls. We hope that their actions will affect the walls properly. Teva chadasha shall netia latov. Shechol hashpi al shabene adam sheyavol lebeisan. And then he even adds, amazingly, on the bottom right, this even gives us an insight into a gemara and brachas, which is somewhat difficult to understand on the surface. The gemara says in mesachas brachas, the mitzvah to be masamech chasen v'kala. The gemara says, kala masamech chasen v'kala zochet to various things. Zochet la Torah. But one line is. 
Ke'ilu bona achas mi'charvos Yerushalayim. Somebody's v'samei achas and v'kala, it's as if he built up one of the desolate areas in Yerushalayim. What's the connection to that? I'm making a chasen and kala happy. And that, that's like building up one of the churvos Yerushalayim. Demisapkin chasen v'kala b'dvar ha'melu. Demisapkin kideboi yisku. He says, what's the pshat? Because if I'm misamech them and they get inspired and they live a life of kedusha b'tara because I helped them. I was misamech them. And ultimately their house is affected. Weiter, continuing. Their house becomes an item of Kedusha. And they're going to come, the house. He's expanding. Not only are the shuls and yeshivas, but every makom kadosh is going to become part of Eretz Yisrael in the future. So, because if you inspire them to live a life of Kedusha, because it's going to come to be part of Eretz Yisrael in the future. And finally, the last source he mentions, the Gemara at the beginning of Sota, famous Gemara, 40 days before a baby is born, a Basko goes out and says, what? It says a few things. The famous part is, who are you going to marry? Right? Basploni Laploni. But it also says, bias base Ploni Laploni. This house to this person. Why is that so important? A Basko has to go out to say a certain house is going to be to a certain person? The answer is, says the Yam Simcha, yes. Because everything in life is siyata deshmaya. The fact that any person lives in a specific house and he can affect that house, that's also bahashkacha. Because there's so much how we affect the house that we are in. So lama noach Torah. How do you know noach learned Torah? Uh, maybe it was the teva. No, the teva was affected because noach learned Torah. And we affect around everything that's around us. So this chazan akalah should have the bracha of really building. A bias, literally, a bias in Amor Yisrael. Okay, Mazel Tov. <laughs> Says the. Uh, we continue. Another Rashi. Rashi Zion Zion. Perik Zion Pasuk Zion. Perik Zion Pasuk Zion. The animals are in. Noach is six hundred years old. Mabul started. Noah goes into the Teva. Chazal pick up on the fact, what does it mean? Because of the waters of the Mabul. So Chazal say, Rashi quotes it. Noah was literally one of small belief. Ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. He believed, but he wasn't pure. Ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. She'yavo ha'mavil. V'lo nichnas l'teva ashadachu ha'mayim. It says he went in because of the water. He waited till the water was... And then he went in. Much has been written on this Rashi. He wasn't a believer. God spoke to him already. God told him that the mavil was coming on this day. And he should build the teva. And it starts raining. And... I don't know if it was ready. The Mabo we know was boiling hot. Maybe it was boiling hot water already. Noach didn't believe. He was a mamin veino mamin. Says of Yerucham, it can't be that he wasn't a believer. He had though Hashem spoke to him, and he was saved. What does it mean? He wasn't a believer. Mechusrei amana. What does that mean? Another question. Ask of Yerucham. Matzino line six in source number ten. Eitz Yisrael. 
When Hashem told Bnei Yisrael, it's time. We're leaving. They believed. Bnei Yisrael believed in Mitzrayim. And yet, what does it say at Kriyas Yamsuf? We say it every morning. What do you mean? They already believed beforehand. So what are they believing now for? It says in Mitzrayim they believed. So why here? They believed already. It says of Yeruchim, what's the answer? There are different levels of belief. Different levels. Dargos, dargos, hebemidas, hemuna. And he quotes the Sabbath from Kelm with a mashal. For three lines from the bottom. Yesh b'shalom l'adam al-mishu al-samchusav v'nemunaso. Somebody asks you, so-and-so, is he a Nehman guy? Is he a good guy? Is he Nehman? I say, yeah, sure, he's a Nehman. He's a Nehman. V'hine kishaploni yavol zehamer al-nemunuso v'yishalu l'havoslo. Would you lend him money? Yeah, I'll lend him money. Would you lend him a lot of money? Um, yeah, I'd lend him. Would you lend him a tremendous amount of money? Ah, oh, oh, you know. He's a Nehman guy, but, you know. There are different levels of Nehman, of Emuna. The day Yisrael believed somewhat in Mitzrayim. But it wasn't beligvul. It wasn't without borders. There was we believe, but it wasn't total. Kishabes underlined. Kishabes yam. Kriyas yamsuf. There were no limits. There were no borders. It was complete ultimate amuna. We'll dive into the ocean for you. Batru b'ashem ishlichu al Hashem yavam akedim mesiras nefesh. Right? They all. Right? It's interesting that Nachshon ben Aminadav is not mentioned in the Torah. Right? That he went in first. It doesn't say that. It says Am Yisrael faced and the Moshe Rabbeinu split it. Right? In the Torah you have all of Am Yisrael equal. Right? Am Yisrael have that emuna at Kriyas Yamsuf. They have that emuna beligvul. That's the ultimate. I mentioned in the past, in Drushas, a couple of years ago, and anybody who's heard this, both in uh, all the shuls that, I've, uh, both shuls that I've been in, I've used it in Drushas on Rosh Hashanah, but it, it fits perfectly. You have to mention it. And that's the great Blondini story. We know about a hundred years ago, there was a, um, a person who wanted to go across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. It was a big thing everybody wanted. Right, it's in Yana de Yoma, right? The same week that some crazy guy jumped from the top of the atmosphere. The guy wanted to, right, to go across... Go across on a tightrope. Wonderful. So, he got everybody together. He got a few, a few of his friends together to watch him. Witness. Oh, yeah, like ten of his friends over. And he gets up, and he's about to go across, and he says to them, Who believes in the great Blondini? And they say, Yeah, we believe. What are you? We believe in the great Blondini. And he crosses. Slowly, slowly. He crosses the Agra Falls. He's like, wow, wow. Unbelievable. He says, Guys, come back in a month. I'm going to do an even better trick. Come back in a month, and now already people heard that he was successful. He's a, he's a character. So now they have a hundred people. There, hundred people next time witnessing. So he says, "You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to walk across blindfolded." Oh, wow, wow, amazing! So he gets up right before he goes, he puts the blindfold on, and he can't even see. And he says, "Who believes in the Great Bandini? And they say, "We believe in the Great Bandini. And he slowly gets on. They're like, "Oh, what? What's going to happen?" Slowly, slowly, he walks across. 
month later, he says, come back in a month for my next trick. And now, the next time, fun, there were hundreds of people there. Hundreds, they heard about him. And he says, for my next trick, I'm going to walk across Niagara Falls with a blindfold on, pushing a wheelbarrow. Pushing a wheelbarrow. They're like, oh, what is your balance? How is it? He gets up, puts the wheelbarrow onto the wire, and he says, who believes in the great Bonzini? And they say, we believe in the great Bonzini. And... He schmitzes, he sweats, he's like stopped in the middle, he's like shaking. He makes it to the other side. He says, I have one more trick, come back in two months. Comes back, hundreds of thousands of people are there, unbelievable, it's packed, as far as the eye can see. And he says, I'm going to walk across the Agra Falls, blindfolded, pushing a wheelbarrow with somebody in the wheelbarrow. And they go, wow. And he gets up and he says, puts the wheelbarrow on, he says, who believes in the great Blondini? They say, we believe in the great Blondini. And he says, who's getting into the wheelbarrow? There's Emuna and there's Emuna. Who believes? It's exactly Rav Yeruchim's point. Miktane Amana. That meant, that means his Emuna was limited. There was a gvul. I had to use it now because I already used it in a drasha once, so... It's finished. Don't forget that story. So, it's from Yeruchim's thought. Miktani Amon, Anoch believed, but he wasn't on the level of, for example, Avram Avinu. What did Chazal say? Line 12. Ve'emin v'ashem v'yachshaveh halot staka. Right, he, Kodesh Baruch Hu gave him, was matzdik, that emuna, Because that was emuna without any limits. That was emuna without any limits. He was a believer, but he wasn't a believer without any limits. Then he says, also similar, the Gemara calls somebody who's worried about their parnasa tomorrow. They have food. They don't, worry, they don't know what's going to be tomorrow. They have enough food to eat today. Miktane amana, the Gemara calls it. What miktane amana? I have a muna. I'm just nervous about tomorrow. You're right, because if you really believed in God fully, like an Avram Avinu, you wouldn't be worried. This Baruch is taking care of you. You go to, well, you do your style, and whatever Kodesh Baruch decides doesn't mean one doesn't believe. And finally, and the bottom, he quotes the Gemara. This has come up in other context. Gorem Baba Basra, beautiful Gemara about Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was giving sheer ones, line 47. In the future, Hashem is going to bring beautiful stones that are huge, 30 by 30 amos. And he's going to carve in them gates for Sha'are Yerushalayim. Ten by twenty. Huge stones. Hashem's going to carve these beautiful diamonds. Stones. And there was a guy sitting in the back of the Shear, the Gemara says, Liglegalav Osul Talmud, who scoffed at Rabbi Yochanan. Oh, yeah, right. Thirty Amma stones. You know how big that is? And you're going to carve them. Yeah, right, Rabbi. Good one. Maybe next time. And the Gemara tells a story. This Talmud took a boat ride, and all of a sudden he sees in Shamayim Malachia Shares chiseling out huge diamonds. And he says, What are you doing? And they say, Well, this is going to be for the Shari Shalim when Mashiach comes. He says, Really? He tells the captain, Turn around, turn around. And he quickly directs the captain to go back to, to land. And he runs back to Rabbi Yochanan, line 52. Give Shear again, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't believe I said it. I really apologize. 
exactly what you said I saw. I, I'm re- I can't believe, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm not going to question you again. The Gemara says the end of the story. Before we do the end of the story, Rav Yerucham says, this is a Talmud who saw Malachim in Shamayim. He obviously wasn't just a non-believer. He saw Malachim! We can't even fathom the level that this Talmud was on. And yet, Liglegolov. Different levels of Emunah. It was obviously a Maimon, but not a complete one. Not Beligvul. The Gemara ends off, just finishing off, because we did it. Rabbi Yochanan says, oh, you only believe because you saw. Ilmale, where's his line? Amala Reka, line 53. Ilmale Reita, What if you didn't see, you wouldn't have believed? That's not called belief. Rabbi Yochanan gave him a stare and he dropped dead. Okay, that's Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan has that ability. Either way, the, the Rabbi Yeruchim says there are different levels of emuna. Our job is to try to be like an Avraham and not just like a Noah. We all have levels, but as much as we can throughout life to go up the level of emuna, to be strong believers, to get into the wheelbarrow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and not to say, I believe, but I, I, can't, I can't do that. Come on. I don't believe that much. We have to get into God's wheelbarrow. And that's what he wants from us. Similar idea stated by the Birchas Paris, by the Stipler in source number 12, where he says, Noach had the intellectual recognition of the Mabel, but he didn't feel it. A lot of times we know things, but it's hard for us to act upon it. He said that, that was the difference between a Davar Sikhli and the Hakara Chushit, as he calls it, where it was alive and real. You could think something, but you don't know. It's not, it's not real to you. Okay, look in the Birchas Parrots. They're in source 12. Good. A couple more points for tonight. First is a Diuk. Perak Zion. Still in Perak Zion. Next to Psukim. So Noah comes in, and all the animals come in. Mina Behimah Torah, Umina Behimah Sherinena Torah. The kosher and the non-kosher animals. Umina Of, And all the birds came in. The Meshachachma. First and foremost is his diuk. He is always reads, he reads with different glasses than every other, everybody else. He says, isn't it interesting? There are kosher and non-kosher animals and kosher and non-kosher birds. And yet in the Pasuk, it differentiates between the kosher and the non-kosher animals, but just says birds. Doesn't say a word about kosher and non-kosher. An amazing ha'ara. Min ha'beimah Period. And all the creepy crawlies, which are all non-kosher. Why does in the Torah, doesn't say that. So first is the Ha'ara, and then is the answer. It says the Meshachachma 13, top left. I gave you the footnotes of uh, Rav Cooperman in Source 14, which helps explain. Why? Says the Meshachachma, Shesimane Ha'of Zevek Verkirkabano Niklav. As we know, the Torah did not give signs for kosher birds, or non kosher birds. It didn't give signs, but Chazal did. Torah Pet gave certain signs. How do you determine it's kosher or not kosher? They are internal signs. You don't see them on the outside. It's not like chewing cuds and split hooves. Noach. When the animals went in, 
he could differentiate, as we know, he learned Torah and the kosher, non-kosher. He could see the kosher and the non-kosher animals. But the birds, he couldn't differentiate yet because it was all internal organs. The zevek, the kirkamano, the stomach, the intestines, the crop. Niklach, the simanim shebifnim. It depends how it peels on the inside. All these internal you have to be very close to the animals to get to really know them in order to determine. So Noah couldn't differentiate at that point. But by the animals, right, that's clear. Only after spending 12 months on a teva, you know those animals really, really well. Mibo Shnayim Mibo Shiva and we are who has two and who has seven, all of a sudden Noah starts realizing what the kosher and the non kosher signs are. Predators, non predators, that was not known yet, because it wasn't Nikar to the from the from the outside. Azyoda Kalasimane Bahaminim, then he knew. Then Noah determined. And he even ends off and he says, Ukomosha Kasmutosas Rachelu Trafus. To call Adoris Minoach Gamer Lehu. What's that talking about? If you look in source number uh, footnote seven in source fourteen, the Gemara in Chulin Samach Aleph. Interesting. The Gemara in Chulin Samach Aleph. Call Ha'Uf Hadoris Tame. The Gemara says any predator bird, a Doris, is Tame. V'Yim Tamer Hechi Kimlu Rabbanal Hachvilsa. How do we know that? All the predator birds. You check every kosher bird and there's not one kosher predator? Come on! We know! You already know that. There, there's no... There's an infinite number of birds. How do you know there's not one predator kosher bird out there? The Yeshlomar, Tos was there in Hulan Answers. The Shema Kabbalah Haisa Miyamos Noach Shehikriv Mikalof Tahar we know it from Messorah, a Messorah handed down from Noah. From Noah, we never have a Messorah from Noah. We either have it from Moshe or from Noah. The answer is yes. Because Noah determined. Noah determined once he spent a year with these animals, he was able to figure it out. He was able to figure it out. Okay. Okay. Source 15, as I was preparing it, after I already made the sheet, I checked up. We did last year. So I'm not going to do it again, but it's here. It's a great story. Feel free. So if you're on a with the cat or the mouse, so uh, feel free to, uh, to look at it again about you can't really change your own nature. But uh, we're going to go to 17. We're going to go to 17. The Klayakar. Klayakar notes that at the end of our parsha we have the source. Pasuk tells us. Perak test Pasuk base. I give you over the animals. This is the Pasuk that allows man to eat animals. Right here. Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noach. Noach gets all the credit. Six of them really were to Adam. Noach only gets the credit because it was Eber Menachai. Eber Menachai. Says the Klayakar. Why is that? Why weren't people allowed to eat animals originally? Only Noah. We say, because Noah worked with them, so he gets the schar for working with the animals. But Lamaisa, why? Why did Hashem make it that originally created animals, we can eat the animals? No, only after the mabel, only by Noah's time, we can eat the animals. Why is that? And that's why, Derek Hakam, I think we mentioned in the past, the Abu Draham, the great Rishonim on Siddur says, that's why the only bracha that we don't say Bore in 
or something like Borei, is Shahakal. Borei name is Onus. Borei Priates. Borei Priadama. Hamotzi Lechemana. But it's all talking to Fogon Baruch Hu. Why? But not Shahakal. Shahakal name Because included in Shahakal is meat. And meat wasn't Nivra to be eaten by us. That's why we don't say Borei. Shahakal is Rachab meat and includes animals. That's why we can't say it. But anyway, ask the Klei Yakar. Why not? Why couldn't we eat animals originally? Line 12. Umash alohiti rachilas basar la'adam. Lefisha kal am ha'aretz basar la'echal basar. You know why? Every being in the pyramid of nivra'im, of created creatures in the world, live off the one below it. As long as they stay above it. Animals eat plants. People eat animals. Says the says the Kleyakar. Noach was the first one to learn. He was the first one to be a complete Midaber. As we know, the Kuzari, Domin Someachai Midaber, the inanimate. The, the growers, the animals, the people. We're on top. But what makes us on top? We're on top as long as we are hold ourselves above the animals. Before we receive, before we started learning Torah. Adam didn't learn Torah. Noach learned Torah, as we spoke about earlier. Once Noach learned Torah, then he could consume animals. Because now he's above. Now he's not one of them. Right? What did Noach do, according to the Magister Lassie's Parsha? He couldn't find a mate. So what did he do? He checked out every animal to see if there was one that he could marry. Ah, there's nobody here. What for me? Okay, Hashem, you got to help me out. Okay, Chav is created. What does that mean? According to this, it meant because they were really in the same, not in the same category, but there wasn't such a qualitative difference before the Torah was given. Once the Torah was given, so now man is above animals. Says the Klayakar. The Ha'ada min ha'medaber nizo min balichayim ha'nimilik she'osik Torah. That's the message for us. We are zochet to be above the animal kingdom only if we act like it. And only if we hold ourselves above the animal kingdom. If we conquer our animalistic instinct. That's the Klayakar. Just wanted to end with one, just a ha'ara. You can, one can do with it with what they want. I was talking to someone this week. I mentioned before, it just came up, the, uh, this man who... who uh, Fell from space, not from space, from just above the uh, the atmosphere. Right, he broke the record. He came down. The whole video. So they asked him. He was interviewed when he came down, and they asked him, "What did you feel when you were looking down at the world? What did you feel?" And they had to have the video from they have the pic. What did you feel? So he said, "Unbelievable." He said, "When you're so tall, you feel so small." That's what he said. He said it was a humbling experience. It's the Shabbos of Migdal Bavel. You know, they Dafka went up to Shamayim and they did not have that attitude. It was this guy, this non-Jew, you know, he's, he was so tall and he felt so small. Meaning, the greater we are, the more we have to realize how small we are in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that itself is a tremendous realization. So we should all be zochet to uh, proper realizations in our life. Okay, next week will be uh, either Monday or Tuesday. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send out the email.